My guest this week is an administrator of the Saturday Night Live Superfan Facebook page, a mega fan of the show, and a trivia expert. I'm excited to meet Marcus Jennings. Good afternoon, Ian. How are you? Good. You were just about to tell me how you became an administrator on the website or the Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, a good friend of mine, Brent, actually authored the group um, sometime in the last 10 years or so. Uh, and it's a collection of over 3,000 members uh, of, that are of, you know, the SNL, uh, mostly online community. Uh, some of us have been friends for years and years and years. Uh, somebody actually in vacation, um, my friend uh, Benjamin, he and I have been friends going all the way back to uh, a SNL writing page about 20 years ago. Um, so these people that are in the group are all SNL uh, fans, I wouldn't say to my level, uh, but uh, Brent likes to often call me the SNL Oracle. Um, and uh, because Brent started this page uh, out of the group uh, about 10 years ago, he saw that I was a pretty heavy user and in the group having conversations, posting trivia, you know, all these little things that can be a uh, good news factor for some SNL fans. Uh, he, uh, allowed me to become an administrator of the group. Uh, so I help a lot with, uh, you know, traffic, we'll call it that, um, making sure that people are being um, appropriate, not uh, getting into arguments, things like that. Uh, but I do a lot of different things within the group to uh, keep the conversations going and make sure that uh, the right people are in that group. Uh, how I mean that, Ian, someone like yourself who posts quite a bit in that group, making sure that there's uh, a lot of news and communication, uh, all different things like that, where there could be traffic to other SNL resources, which is a really uh, a cool thing that we get to do within the group. Okay. Do you remember the first time you watched Saturday Night Live? I have a vague memory of it. Um, so in 95, my dad had uh, uh, noticed that I was getting into Mad TV. Um, strictly because I had heard about it on the bus one day uh, coming home from school. And I was like, Dad, there's this show called Mad TV. You know, and I was already aware of Mad Magazine. You know, how could you not? But um, I watched uh, an episode of Mad TV with my dad. And he said, you know, there's this other show on Saturday night. So I said, really? What's that called? He called, he says, it's Saturday Night Live. And I said, that's a real uh, unoriginal name. <laughs> You know, so one night he and I ended up switching the dial over, and um, I think it was a best of Christmas episode, maybe 1996, somewhere around there. And um, my memory of it was uh, Chris Farley doing motivational uh, Matt Foley as Santa Claus, and thinking, "Who is this guy?" And at right around the same time, somebody introduced me to Tommy Boy, so I, I got really, really obsessed with. Chris Farley, uh, right around this time, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, all that. And um, from that point on, I was like, anytime I could reach out and find something involving Saturday Night Live, I would just be all over it. But that is my first memory. Um, and 1996, we'll say that. And here we are all these years later, still locked into the show. <laughs> still on the air as well. Uh, of course. Okay, so... Chris Farley would be your uh, favorite cast member? Um, I would say so. Uh, I idolized the guy quite a bit over the years. Um, cried the day he died, uh, which is, you know, I know it's emasculating for a man to admit that he cried the day somebody died, but uh, it's only happened a few times in my life when somebody leaves your life like that. A comedic influence, musical influence, whoever. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say that. But there have been so many other people within the show that I've, um, really attached to because I have a stand-up background. Started doing stand-up in 2002 and really idolized guys who could uh, project to the the camera. Farley, definitely. But then guys like uh, Chevy, um, Kevin Nealon, Dennis Miller, Norm, um, even the, 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 we'll say the current generation, you know, Colin, Joe, Mike Shea, uh, Seth Meyers, guys that have went on to host their own late night talk shows. It's like those are the kind of guys I would love to be. Um, 
Flowerly was a great inspiration for me to get into acting. My mom loved the fact that I was, uh, I got the acting bug. So was in like drama club and things like that in high school. And um, so she always wanted me to become the next Tom Hanks. I said, mom, what about the next Chris Farley? Would that be all right? She's like, just don't die. And I said, okay, nice, you know, um, everybody dies. Uh, sounds so very morbid of me, but uh, it, it's true. There, uh, there are a lot of people that will come in and out of that show that you latch on to. Love Daryl Hammond. Honestly, if somebody says do Donald Trump, I'm really doing Daryl Hammond. I, I don't know why, what it is. I think it was the 90s uh, part of me that said, okay, do Trump, and it would you know, go there, especially my stand-up act. The voice would, I'd like... I do a really good, good Ted Koppel, but I know it's Trump. It's Daryl uh, Hammond. I don't know why that is. There, there are those comedic influences that, you know, maybe didn't age as well. You could do a David Letterman right now. People don't know who the hell you're talking about. Look at Dana Carvey and Carson, you know. Uh, that, that's, that's an aged impression, unfortunately, but it's there. Um, love Dana Carvey. Quote his stand-up back and forth. Chris Rock. I know I... Don't ask me why. I was watching the Chris Rock episode from 96 the other day. Did the monologue word for word with him while I was making lunch in the, in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, I, I can't I can't figure it out. My mind work. I don't know. But is that the one where he says, I don't care if there's a Russian, 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 Russian I expect nobody. It's <laughs> a great that's a great uh why is sexual harassment? When I'll give that watch them. Yeah. Right. You said you started doing stand up in 2002. That's when I started doing stand up. What? How old were you? Because you just said you were. In uh, was, yeah, I was. Um, I was. A, no, no, I was a junior in high school, so I was about 17 then. Um, it was right after 9/11, or, or you know, a little after 9/11. And I have a, a a memory. My mom's favorite sports bar. Yes. The, the 90s or late early 2000s when you could really take kids into a sports bar to watch a, a game, you know, and not get looks at, you know. So um, I remember there being a biker gang, not a bank, biker gang, but a biker group. They were selling um, like bandanas and, you know, memorabilia, personality, whatever. Um, and they had a microphone. And my mom walked up to the the guy, you know, whoever was running it said, my son's really funny. Can he do two or three minutes of, you know, jokes on the microphone? And uh, they said, yes. And I don't remember what I did. I, I completely blocked out that memory because I think it was so horrible. But um, I remember just my mom laughing and certain people laughing. I thought, okay, all right, well, maybe I'll do this again. And I did later that year. Um, yeah, so I started doing stand-up when I was about 17. Um, I stopped doing it 2013, so maybe 10 years ago. Just got really tired of, you know, putting shows together and nobody showing up. Or you put together a, a bill of like, you know, five or six comedians. Everybody invites people and six comedians on the bill, 10 people in the audience. It's like kind of frustrating. Uh, I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We, we actually lost our comedy club in 2009. Um, there were some economic issues at the time and they ended up closing. But no matter what, if you say you're a comedian and you say, yeah, I, I you know, had a show a couple weeks ago. Oh, at last? No, this, you know, this bar downtown, whatever. Oh, Laps isn't open anymore? No, Laps closed 15 years ago. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's a tough sell for some people. Um, we, I know there are other comedians in Albuquerque. We actually got a, a, a upstart comedy club downtown. Uh, started about two years ago, so they're they're doing their best. I, I support a lot of my friends that still have the time and energy and uh, wherewithal to keep making people laugh. It's crazy because I started stand up in two thousand and two, and I quit in two thousand and twelve mm. for the exact same reasons. After about ten years, for the exact same, because you want to go outside in the middle of January in New York City and hand out flyers to nobody. <laughs> it's like something out of an SNL short film. It really is. You know, <laughs> it's bad. I know. Um, 
but you know what, Ian, you and I are a lot alike in that respect. It just it happens, you know. How how long can you pound the pavement before you just gotta give up on your dreams and maybe do some other things that are adjacent to stand-up comedy? Doesn't mean you, you can't go to a party and make your friends laugh or go on social media and pick, make people laugh. You can do a podcast like yourself and uh, entertain and educate uh, a new generation of uh, fans of stand-up comedy, sketch comedy, improv, what have you. Unfortunately, at least 10 of the people I've interviewed have, have passed away. Because the people I interviewed were in their 70s and 80s. and you know. Older generation, exactly. And but what is but um, Tom Schiller actually thanked me for doing this, so that was a big thrill. And Tom Schiller knows what he's talking about. That that's somebody who was there uh, essentially day one in 1975, and uh, continues, in my understanding, still continues to make uh, and, and be creative no matter what. Fifty years later, like hey, you know, in whatever capacity that is, phenomenal. Look at somebody like Jim Downey. Jim Downey still makes people laugh. And he is a legend of comedy, in my opinion. People who don't know who Jim Downey is, Google, you'll understand why. And you'll thank me later. And they know, but they know the sketches he wrote, even if they didn't know. Uh huh. <laughs> we can give you 25 twos. Come talk to us. <laughs> That's a good one. That, that, well, Grayson Moorhead was a, gr a great one. And your early report Craig's Traveler's Checks is, is a great one. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Craig. I'm in the shower right now. Please leave a message. <laughs> Have you ever got, got tickets to Saturday Night Live? No. No. Um, I have memories of doing the uh, August ticket request thing uh, many, 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 many years and never getting in and just thought, all right, it's not going to happen. It's not to be. I gave up a couple years ago, and somebody said, "Why do you give up?" I'm like, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting too old for it. I'm having a, a Danny Glover moment. I'm 38 years old, and I'm getting too old for this shit. Um, so uh, I, I know a lot of people who've been to the show. Um, uh, Ian, have you? Twice. Um, I actually Lucky started putting my name in for the lottery before I realized. Mm -hmm that you had to be 17. So I had my name in the lottery when I was 13 years old. So if I would have won, I wouldn't have been able to go. So in 1990, I started putting my name in. And after 14 years in 2004, I got dress rehearsal mm -hmm. tickets to the Queen Latifah show from 2004, which she was host and musical guest. I remember, yeah. That was her second time hosting, and it was – Right after Jimmy Fallon left, it was election season. Yeah, I remember that. Um, what is your what What was your favorite memory of that experience? Let me ask you that. That experience was a little different. That, that was fun. Uh, I met Jim mm. Downey, and I got his autograph. And uh, mm. also, I met uh, Robert Smigel, both in line. Very cool. When they were bring, they bring you up through. Mm. 17, they were there, and I was getting and they took every autograph. Nobody else knew who they were, and I'm like, couldn't believe that. And mm -hmm. but the second time I went, my uncle um is a burn nurse. Um okay. he was in the Navy and and so mm -hmm. we got, he got training on that. And um um what's it? Jim Signorelli had wow, okay. for a long time with this disease where the, there's internal burning, but it, it, it's it's not because you got burned, it's just like a disease that mirrors burning. And so my uncle took care of him for like eight, like eight months. When he got out of the hospital and he was well, he's like, do you want to come to Saturday Night Live? He goes, he's like, yeah, I kind of do, but my nephew really would love it. So I got, I was there, I was I was on 17 for, for, for the most backstage during the episode. I got to meet Don Pardo. Uh, that's where my picture with me and Lauren came from. Wow. I talked to Jason Sudeikis, Keenan Thompson, Nassim Pedrad. No, wait. Yeah. Abby Elliott. The only one I didn't see was um, was uh, Kristen Wiig. 
But yeah. I, met, I met everybody else. Bobby Moynihan. That's awesome. It was great. Ian, you realize you're part of the family now. You know, uh, well, no, your your uncle took care of somebody who was the, all right, maybe not Herb Sergeant, but uh, it's a part of the of the the family tree of SNL. You know, your uncle took care of this guy. Um, yeah, it might have been years after he did his most creative work at SNL, but I'm sure it's all relative. Like. You met Lauren. I'm sorry. That's that. That's awesome. You know. You met Don Pardo, who is no longer with us. So, you know, <laughs> you could you could not hang your head low, you know, in your life, knowing that I met Lauren. I met Don Pardo. Enough said. You know. People from the show that I interview say, "How do you get that? How do you get that picture with Lauren? Because Lauren does not take pictures of people he doesn't know." Mm. And I said, well, I walked out. I said, Mr. Michaels, can I have, can I take a picture with you? And he was about to say no. And his daughter looked at him, who was like a teenager. And she's like, come mm -hmm. on, dad. And he looked at me and said, if it's quick. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I made sure not to touch him. And I just put yeah. my arm. But Paro was, Paro was the man. He was like, what's your name? And I was like, I What's your name? I said, Ian, Ian from English. And he went, ladies and gentlemen, Ian from English. I'm like, oh my God. That was like. I'm going to as as a, as a, a voice guy, I'm going to give you pointers on the Lauren. Not bad. It's, you know, hey, you had a, a moment with Lauren, so it's coming directly from you. Uh, same thing with Don Pardo. Um, you need a little more of this. Hotel accommodations for most guests with Saturday Night Live. You know. Right. Bring it br bring it up from the, you know. Hotel accommodations uh, for Saturday Night Live. You're, you're, you're there, you know. I mean, for all the years that we ever watched Saturday Night Live, even to this day, I'm sure when the opening montage comes on, nothing against Daryl Hammond. Uh, I love the man. But I still hear I still hear Don Pardo when anyone announces anything. Okay. Doesn't matter if it's the uh late night with Seth Myers, uh late show with Stephen Colbert, uh, watching a rerun of Letterman. I'm in my head doing Don Pardo for whatever reason. I don't know why. Love the man. I could see that, but for for Letterman I I could do I Bill Wendell is a, and Alan Coulter or mm. yeah. I don't know I just see like an opening montage of any uh, any late night talk show yeah. and I, I see those names come up and superimpose and I'm just like you know Bradley Cooper you know, I don't ask me why that's how my mind works get out of my head Ian stop asking me questions. <laughs> He is uh no he, his voice is just awesome. He had a lifetime contract. Why not? Why not? Towards the end, he was sitting there in Arizona on like a mm -hmm. Saturday morning, and mm -hmm. then putting it, and then they would just put it right there. Yeah. Do you could you favorite Saturday Night Live episodes? This is kind of tough. Um, that's that's just really that's a loaded question, as you know. Um. There are episodes that stick out that I watch in repeat. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm looking at you, and I'm looking at Horatio Sands' a weekend update right now, uh, just because I had I have the SNL uh, uh, archive org uh, playing uh, at all different parts of the day, and it's uh, Heather Graham, Mark Anthony episode from '99. Um, I love a good bad episode. Um, George Clooney Cranberries. It's the weirdest thing. Season twenty is one of the most tumultuous seasons to watch, uh, but that's a really good season to watch because there are these little nuggets of, like, not just funny, just randomness. Because Chris Elliott was a cast member, and you know Chris Elliott is not the most traditional comedian. Funny, strange, you know. Um, I'm still remembering the the the, the bad um, 
bachelorette party stripper sketch with Chris Elliott. Um, that's from uh, Alec Baldwin, Beastie Boys that season. Mm. It's just weird to pick out moments because, you, okay, I, I'm, I'm the guy, okay, I'm 38 years old. I've gotten to the point, as many SNL fans, especially in the, the super group, will tell you, I have to Google who the host is because I have no idea who that person is or the musical guest. I get it? It, it happens. But I'm sure there's people who've watched SNL since 1975 that, you know, Bruce Willis, who the hell is that? No, young. Oh, yeah, I know who that is, you know, that are, are, are scratching their head at a certain point, you know. It's it's multi-generational show, but um, as I believe Lauren said, for most people, their favorite cast or their favorite era of the show is when they were in high school because they just felt like they were cooler because they watched SNL. I agree with that statement. Um, but no matter what, even in an episode where you have like the lowest expectations, something's going to come out of the box that you have no idea why it makes you laugh. Whether it's, you know, uh, Ego uh, doing something on Update or um, Chris Parnell doing more of the Perv. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Chris, uh, uh, Chris Guest and uh, Billy Crystal doing Hate When That Happens. You, you don't know why it makes you laugh, but those moments make a, a show or an episode rewatchable because of that. Benjamin LeBaron and I had a conversation recently, and we love Chris Farley. I mean, Chris Farley was incredible. But as a comedian that obviously had a dark past, it's really tough to rewatch the episode where he hosted. Yeah. Literally weeks before he died, okay? Um, those are the things that, that stick out because we are fanatics. So to watch an episode and say, that's my favorite episode. Any episode could be your favorite episode. There, there have been uh, almost 600, uh, I'm sorry, almost 1,000 episodes of Saturday Night Live. And every moment, any moment of any particular episode could be your favorite. Um, so to, to answer your question, sorry about being long-winded about it, but um, it, it's such a, a loaded question to ask. And to ask me, I can't say that. I, I just don't know. I would you know, say they're most rewatched episodes. But um even that's a lot of questions. Okay. I don't care if it's Elliot Gould, Kit Caroli from uh, season six. I don't know. I'm like, I, I, I'm sure I've watched any episode in, throughout the, the, the history of SNL, 50 years, uh, and I'm not even 50 years old, but you know, over a 50-year span, it's really tough to say. I I loved, um, I, I think my heart breaks a little bit when I see uh, something, you know, whether it's on YouTube or any sort of video uh, playing anywhere, and I see the little Comedy Central logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and you're just like, God, I feel old right now. Yes, I may act like I'm okay, but I miss Comedy Central reruns. I don't care if they were an hour long and they were, you know, cut up and there was only really 45 minutes of real content. I miss those. Um, I, I hover back to when I was in high school and I would come home from school and, you know, before I had to go to work. And even though I turned it on for 10 minutes, you know, I was getting ready. I'm like, ah, okay, gotta go be real, you know. Um, I miss classic SNL. The, the, that rerun at 3 a.m. on Sunday mornings. I miss that, you know. That's why I'm just so glad there's any there's any sort of resource out there to rewatch an episode. It's great. Um, but I do, it all comes down to Saturday night at 11.30. 10.30 for me uh, if it's a rerun. 9.30 because I'm in the mountain time zone. Coast to coast is great. i got to be honest with you. I'm sure. You can get... If you lived in the if you lived in Los Angeles, you could probably go out for a late dinner afterwards. Yeah, if you wanted to, you know. There's some people who are not so lucky. Like my friend Benjamin, I was just saying, he lives in uh, Honolulu and he does not get the live feed. I'm sorry. 
but yeah, if you're on the East Coast or the West Coast, you get to watch SNL live just like everybody else. My senior year of high school was season 20. So I would say my favorite my favorite cast was the one I had watched in junior high school, which is the 88-89 season, 89-90 and then, because when people, I, like, I know you love Chris Farley, but if you remember how bad he was in the 94-95 season, it was just, there was that one where he was a fashion designer. Yep. 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 That was a hard episode to watch. Um, although I still love Bob Saget's monologue. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Um, the little kid. Um Chris Marquette, you have to look him up, is the little kid in that monologue. Uh, Mr. Saget, I'd like my pen back. Uh, what pen? Uh, that's my pen. Yeah? Opens up his jacket. 50 pens in his pockets. <laughs> yeah? What about all the other kids I saw today? Nipples, ass, wiener? Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it's, it's a golden moment of a horrible episode. Sorry. I, these are some of my favorites. Uh, Richard Benjamin, Lick, Ricky Lee Jones. Great episode. Just, just, uh, that's, just, the Pepsi, uh, that's the Pepsi syndrome, yeah. I that, remember. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my favorite, one of my favorite sketches. Uh, John Larroquette, Randy Newman. Great episode. Great episode. Um, uh, oh, give me a second. Uh, gay Nazi uh, uh, Gun Club. Or, gay yeah. Communist Gun Club. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we, we 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 like George Bush. Well, he's not all three of what we like. Two out of three. <laughs> he crests and drops of Vernon Harley Jr. The, yeah, the uh... dear son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you something about John Larroquette after you're done listening. I, I love it. But continue. And Joe Pesci, Spin Doctors. Great episode. I just found the um, the Joe Pesci a ring trying on um, gif on Facebook. I, I was not looking for it. I just punched in Joe Pesci because I wanted to make a My Cousin Vinny reference and uh, couldn't find what I was looking for, but I saw him doing this with the, the pinky ring. And I was like, oh, I got to share that with everybody. I'm like, look what I found. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Norm Macdonald, Dr. Dre with Snoop Dogg and Eminem. Is another one I like. What makes me so goddamn funny? Uh, the show got way worse. <laughs> All right, we got a terrible show for you tonight. Norm. The brass balls on Norm. And then, as a historian, you go back and you rewatch that episode. You're just like, "I wonder why Catan wasn't in this episode." Do you really have to ask that question? They hated each other. And then the very next episode, Dylan McDermott, Food Fighters, and Catan's doing a mango sketch. You know, sorry you got shot, Nick Cage. Oh, what's this one? I will always cherish our time together. Love Norm Macdonald. Who the hell is that? I am a fanatic. I'm sorry. It's having a moment. I'm just having a moment. You think told me that the writers were kind of pissed at Norm's uh, shot about the show's terrible. Uh, they were like, we were with you. Please, you can't please everybody. Yeah. No, 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 I know, but they were like, some of them were his buddies. Uh, if you had to put, this is the tough one, a seven-person cast and a weekend update anchor. I do appreciate that, that question. You uh, put it in the email, and um, I feel like it's it's a stock question. I like the question because it's kind of like, you know, uh, inside the actor's studio. It's one of those questions you should ask everybody that is on our level of fandom. Um, that being said, I cannot give you an answer uh, of that top seven. I, I know we often have the conversation about Mount Rushmore. Who's on your Mount Rushmore list than now? can't do that. I can't level it down to four. But I will give you this. The SNL cast from 1986 to about 1988. And in my opinion, 
that is the most well-oiled machine of SNL. You had an incredible cast. You had an incredible writing staff. You had the likes of Dana Carvey, Kevin Nealon, John Lovitz, Phil Hartman. Dennis Miller would be my weekend update anchor. I will go, I will go to my grave with that. Um, and then, of course, Victoria, Jan, and Nora. I'm sorry. That is the greatest cast, in my personal opinion. So you want seven and a weekend update anchor? You got it. Okay. That is that is that is the cast in my opinion because after Lauren comes back, season eleven is rough as anybody. Okay. Um, it had its moments. I can't lie. Um, but eighty six to eighty eight, they come back. Dennis, Nora, and and uh, John survived the fire. You understand what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. And a a Whitney Brown. Right. Most of the writers survived the fire. Um, and eighty six, yeah, season twelve and thirteen. I, uh, I'd even say fourteen. Some of the best writing you will ever see. Some of the best acting you'll ever see. Yeah, they relied on re, uh, current characters quite a bit, but I can't say that. Uh, is a problem because every situation they ever put a, a recurring character in in that era made total sense to me. Um, Sweeney Sisters, Church Lady, uh, Master Thespian, uh, and and Phil doing some of the the very best political satire, probably mostly written by Jim Downey. My favorite um, Phil Hartman sketch is um, Mastermind. From the uh, Three Amigos episode, you know the sketch I'm talking about. So, uh, this is the part of the job I hate. That little girl teaches. Yeah, sorry, that little girl teaches acting at NYU now. Lisa Myers. Yep. You're that good at sales, baby. Maybe we could use you up on Capitol Hill. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my Reagan usually comes. My my Reagan usually comes from either Robin Williams or. A little bit of Johnny Carson or Phil Harbin. Well, I am sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Two points, Bango. <laughs> um, the fact that that was the first time Phil I had ever done Ronald Reagan, they went that way um, to make him kind of like an idiot savant of politics. It was perfect, you know. Um, and then, you know, uh, a Whitney Brown, you know, with the little calculator, uh, actually 5.3. I know that don't waste my time. <laughs> uh, this is perfect. And, uh, that was the first time this is actually, we were talking about this recently, uh, in the SNL group. Um, that's the first time we see Dana doing Jimmy Stewart. Well, 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 you changed, Dutch. You really changed. Then two weeks later, they do the lost ending to "It's a Wonderful Life," and we get the youngish Jimmy Stewart. And yeah, perfect. I mean, Dana Carvey and Phil Hartman, two of the greatest impressionists in the history of SNL. My bad. I I'm sorry. I I agree. I don't know where Phil Hartman came from. Phil Hartman was just yeah. Dana Carvey would be my Sorry about that. Yeah, he would yeah. be my guy on my seven. He would be he would be on in my seven. And it was like uh, Carvey or Ackroyd, it, it's such a tough call because they do to- totally different things, but that's your that's yeah. the guy you want to play the president. That's the guy you want to do the impression. I, I would go there. Daryl's an incredible impressionist. Mm. And I know he he has a lot of similarities to Phil. Um, and I'm not saying at any time Daryl is doing Phil, uh, he is, he's completely his own guy. Um, I got to meet James Austin Johnson uh, this past summer, and I really wanted to ask him about impressions, like whether or not he had gotten any advice from somebody like Daryl. And then I realized James has been doing Trump in a completely different way than Daryl ever did Trump, okay? Uh, Daryl did Trump, Bill did Trump, 
Alec Baldwin did Trump. James Austin Johnson is his own monster. It's incredible. It's incredible to see. It's incredible to see. It's that that grovelly Trump, not that polished. You know, uh, I, I I'm I I'm better than everyone. That say Daryl or even Phil did. It's that I have something to prove, even to myself, even though I'm not tells I don't need to. You know what I mean? It's it's that, and it's it's so much more than Daryl or even Alec ever did. Um, and and great impressionists do not come along very often. I'm sure you'll be more. You agree with me when I say that it is true. Uh, guys like Dana are they pick out somebody something out of an impression and stick to it they exaggerate and that's it and that's exactly what you want to do um have you been following dana carvey in say the last 10 years or so uh, yeah absolutely okay so you know he has begun this thing not so much on the podcast that he even uh, and dana or uh, david spade do but he'll pop up on a late night talk show on a fallon on a you know colbert or whatever and he does these one-word impressions, and they're perfect. But um, Michael came as uh, a kindergarten. I want to play with my Play-Doh. <laughs> that's funny to me. Maybe I'm a simplistic guy, but that, that's funny to me. I'm sorry. He used to do a... But, but Dana, Dana is an original, in my opinion, in every sense of the word. Catherine Hepburn starting a car, right? He's great. He's the best. And um, it's just weird when you see like a guy like Reagan or, or, or anybody. You see Phil Hartman and then you see Joe Piscopo. Mm -hmm. And it's just like mm -hmm. at the time people were like, Joe Piscopo is doing the best Sinatra. And he, he had the voice. That's a fair argument, but but so okay, Piscopo did Sinatra, it, the the later Sinatra, um, and Phil Hartman was doing Sinatra on the really really late era of Sinatra. So that means, in all reality, Phil didn't have to sing as Sinatra. He never did. He never had to, even though Phil's got a great singing voice. Well, He's proven that. Duet, over years, yeah, it's apples and oranges, it, and and you're probably going to talk to somebody that loved the Eddie Piscopo era versus loves the Dana Carvey Phil Hartman era. I get it. You can make arguments either way, but they they also had different writing staffs in those two different eras. You know, so who was writing it? Who was doing it? Who was Okay, Dick Eversall was Joe Piscopo. Lauren was Phil Hartman. It's like these are two different eras of SNL. And somebody could be like, oh, well, it's the 80s. I'm like, yeah, but comedy changes. I don't care who you are. I mean, Johnny Carson was the king of late night for all those years. And then this young black guy, Arsenio Hall, comes in and grabs all the young viewers and creates a new generation of saying, you know what? Lebanon's been doing all this other stuff after Carson, but here's something for an even younger audience, you know? An Jean urban, Doop. hipper Jean audience, you know? Jean Dope, Jean Dope stuff. <laughs> My head and this finger elongated. Johnny, Johnny, what are you doing? <laughs> are you trying to change your image? Secondary latent personality <laughs> displacement, a great one. Yes, I love that. I love, I love the uh, car, uh the yeah, yeah. It was my senior variety show, and I did it as, as I did like I did four impressions. I did George Burns, Johnny Carson. All people are, are no, are, like who cares now? But and then uh, over their head, yeah, yeah, and then um. I did Girl Watchers. I did a version of Girl Watchers. And I told I told, that, I told, Smigel, I told Smigel that he was he was like, oh, thank you. That's that's cool. I did it, Ian, that is so weird. I did my senior variety show as well. And I did impressions. Um 
I auditioned with just a bunch of voices, and the director uh, is still a friend of mine. Uh, we're friends on Facebook, even to this day. She said, I like what you want to do. We just need to tighten the screws and find some sort of four-minute routine. And I said, okay. So I didn't have to, you know, I had a week to come up with, you know, this, this, and this. And I, I, I tried to do the most original stuff, but also the things that I knew that would make my friends laugh. So I did Keanu Reeves. I did Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I did um, Chris Farley as motivational Batman and with, uh, no, Motivational Superman, and Spade was Jimmy Olsen, and uh, Regis was the uh, evil villain. I made him Regaholic, you know, whatever. It was just, it, I, I have a good memory of it. Can't necessarily do the jokes anymore, still do the voices. But it's so weird that you and I both did our, our senior variety show and have that memory. Mm. Not that people could, could say that. And whether it's stand-up comedy or whatever, remember the things they did. Wow. Yeah. Am I getting that old 20, 20 plus years ago for some people? Wow. Yeah. I I auditioned just to be an act, and they asked me to host. So I was like, yeah, okay. Clearly, clearly you did something right. Yeah. How about this one? Maybe you can answer, ask this, answer this one. Favorite five musical okay. performances? Jamie Dew has been doing the uh, SNL Hall of Fame. Has he brought you on that? No, no. So he uh, he's been starting the Saturday Night Live Hall of Fame, um, and he brought me on. I think this is two, yeah, about two years ago. Um, when I say Chris Farley is my favorite comedian, Tom Petty was my musical idol growing up. That's so um, crazy. That's so, so crazy. Me, me too. Get out of my head, Ian. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Tom Petty would ha have to be on my list no matter what. Um, yeah, I dedicated an entire episode uh, with Jamie, and we put him on, put Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers on the ballot. Having been a musical guest eight times, I went through everything. I did a uh, my senior class project for my English class. I did an entire anthology of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers from when they began to up to that point and uh, previously that summer before i had actually got to see tom petty uh in concert for the very first time i'm thankful to say in my lifetime i got to see him three times and uh tragically passed away as you know but tom petty would have to be number one okay let's start gotta pick some old ones no doubt bob dylan uh, which, the, um, yeah, I gotta serve somebody, but his whole appearance in '79 is is on my list. Um, I'm an old school guy, so you'll you'll you understand that. Um, I actually had an interaction with Eric Idle on Twitter, uh, and he really did have the fever that night. By the way, um, if if you thought it was just a joke, no, he did have a fever. That whole most of that week and that night. Queen, eighty-two. That was that's a good one. Um, my only mark of, of sadness is that David Bowie did not join them for Under Pressure. That would have been really cool. Neil Young, eighty-nine. Uh, keep on rocking in the free world. Yep. Now it's gonna get tough because I just used three, didn't I? No, four. Okay, so just my four. last one. I'm gonna do uh, Paul Simon's rendition of the Boxer from the nine eleven episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, I could pick so many others because but, I've actually had uh, something going on in my head um, about who would you rather see go into the Five Timers Club? Um, because I think David Byrne would make an incredible Five Timer musical guest. He's been on three times and he deserves to be on. Um, but uh, David Byrne would be really cool. Now that Jack White is in there for the obvious reasons, Jack White's an amazing guitarist. He was a fill-in for uh, uh, Morgan Wallen, um, and he, he blew he blew the roof off SNL that night. That was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. Uh, Jack White deserves to be in the Five Timers Club, and thankfully he is. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, it's really hard to pick five musical performances, though. Those, those would be it, though. 
I, and I didn't tell you which Tom Petty either. There, and it could have been any one. <laughs> yeah, I had Tom Petty '79. Good one. Yeah, yeah. Don't do me like that, refugee. Yeah. Yeah. Done eighty nine. Oh, eighty nine. Okay. Rush no, no. three followed and running down the three. Yeah? I could have done. I could have taken eighty nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I had seventy nine uh, was a really good one. Yeah. I had Mitchell Lawrence on. Uh, he was deep. He was the uh, associate director. And uh, I know. I know. Who, I know who Mitchell is. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> I know. Well, the viewers at home. <laughs> yeah. right. He because you were talking about the Eric Idle thing. He mm -hmm. had he was the guy holding with uh, Peter uh -huh. Ackroyd. The whole yep. time, he, the whole time he's sitting there going, "Don't drop him. He's he's definitely going to drop him." Because he was really, really sick. Yeah, yeah. Good that you know that. So that's that, that wasn't just a ploy. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, you saw that I had Frank Zappa '76. I am the Swan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the second performance was, was really good too. The the uh, the instrumental, I, I enjoyed that. It made total sense to me that Frank Zappa should come back to host, and I get it that he did, and just was not the right time for him. Clearly not. Zappa in '78 just had a big ego. I'm sorry to say, but uh, his '76 performance is really exceptional, and uh, include Don Pardo is even better. Elvis Costello, 1989. Good one. Now, Veronica or Let Him Dangle? Both. I mean, the, yeah, I, the whole, the whole I thing. Love, I love Let yeah. Dangle, but, but uh, Veronica's a great song, too. Paul McCartney wrote that with him. Yeah. I was, I was in England, and uh, I was on a tour of the Tower of London. And they were telling us yeah. the story of the last person in the Tower of London. And they started telling the story, and I realized... It's the guy from Let It Dangle. And and I and then he's like, Does anybody know about I raised my hand? I'm like, Yeah, this happened, and then he was too young, so this guy got hung instead. And they're like, Well, how do you how do you know so much about English history? I'm like, I don't, it's an Elvis Costello song. And <laughs> and the, the tour guide in English English tour guide had no idea that there was a song written about this. And it's a great song and it's a great performance. Um, Elvis Costello, you obviously been on the show, unbanned, uh, unbanned after Radio Radio. Um, that performance at the SNL 25 is one of the, uh, I think, I mean, the three musical performances in that special are great, but um, Beastie Boys backing him up, one of the smartest choices SNL ever did because obviously, Here's a legend of, of rock and roll, in my opinion. Um, and he's being backed up by both punk rock, uh, rap, rock, put your label on the Beastie Boys, whatever you want to call them, in 1999. You grabbed the young audience by that one. And it was a great performance. Yeah. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. There's just no reason to perform this song here tonight. Now... I don't know did you, if you listened to my episode with Janine Dreyer. Um, no, no. I Actually, it's on my, my playlist. Uh, or Because I have on uh, Spotify a number of ones that I want to do. And I had not listened to that one. Go ahead, though. They sort of knew he was going to do something. In 77? Yeah. In 77. Because yeah. wow. okay. after rehearsal of the, of the um, dress rehearsal. The dress rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. She walks into the to his, his room. They're all sitting. They're all sneaking, and uh, they had something planned. And Lauren sort of knew something was going to happen, so mm -hmm. it wasn't a complete surprise. There was no band, but the only thing it was is the song going to go too long, and then the credits will get cut off. It was the only thing. Yeah. Well, and it was the the Christmas episode. It was the anyone can host episode. You know. That's a that's a really fun episode to watch if you ever go back to rewatch Miss oh, yeah. uh, Gilson Selman. That's a great episode. This is a I think this is a cool trivia question. Who is the least yeah. famous person to host Saturday Night Live? I, I would say Miss Gilson Selman. That would have to be it. Well, um, this is uh, but, but uh, that's that's the obvious answer. Okay, you really right. want to ask? Uh, uh, um, 
Because Mr. Spillman is famous for, for winning. Famous for winning. For okay, so she's, she's famous. Okay. Um, Buck Henry? <laughs> no, he did a lot. He created oh, I'll be a smart ass with that response. Still, though. I, I'm curious to know what the answer is. If I give you the name, it might not even help you. Mary Rachel Lockhart. Um, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Who's last her? No. No, her real name. No. Mary Rachel Lockhart. Oh. No. You got me. Michael Palin's mother. I, I was I was I was thinking about one. I was. Damn it. <laughs> yes, because Michael Palin hosted it with his mother in uh in uh, season is that eight? Uh nine, January eighty-four. Yep, yeah, it's uh motels for the musical guests, I remember now. Yeah. Yeah, I had that thing yeah. where I can do that. The the brain man what six people had spoke on camera mm -hmm. in a Brian Doyle? I mean, I just gave one of the answers, duh. In a Lorne Michaels, Gene Demanian, and Dip Ebersole episode. Um, I know at least two of those, and one of them is Brian Doyle Murray. Right. Um, you said spoke? Okay. Had a line. Um, had a line, okay. Because. Carrie Sweeney was a writer and cast member. Um, I, I actually recently looked this up because I was curious. Uh, because Carrie Sweeney was a writer for Gene Domanian mm -hmm. and wrote the, uh, the 13th episode of season six and was a cast member in season 10. But that's not the answer you're looking for. No, he did appear on, on screen in Domanian. Carrie Sweeney did? Really? Yes. Where it was, huh. he played Ronald Reagan Jr. in a cold open where it was Reagan's birthday. Ah, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. Okay. And actually, him playing Ronald Reagan Jr. does not seem far fetched. No. Okay. So, just to repeat the question, there are six people? Yeah. Might be seven. Okay. Might be seven. So, if you and get. Right, and, and, and Brian Doyle Murray was one of them. Yes. Okay. They spoke on camera in an episode executive produced by Lauren Michaels, Gene Domanian, and Dick Embersall. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray. Yep. That's two. Which is weird that he's Brian Doyle Murray's brother. Mm. Um, Eddie Murphy. Oh, my God. I didn't think of that one. You're right. Because Eddie Murphy is hosted Saturday Night Live under Lauren. Right. Yep. Um, not Piscopo. I know that because Piscopo never appeared. Ah, actually, Piscopo did. Now I think not about it. Special. Uh, you suck. <laughs> I love that you called me on that one. Um, he appeared in two. Yeah, the fifteenth and fortieth. Yeah, although I don't remember him from the 40th, now that you say that, but I remember him, him having conversing with Chevy in the, the 15th anniversary special. Um, Almost. He does Sinatra in the 40th. Ah, yes. Now that you say that, I remember. Okay. Um, All right, I'll give you the list because I got to go. It's, 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 it's not Jamie Lee Curtis because she never appeared with, uh, with Warren. Right, true. I know that. Yeah. All right, Brian, go ahead. Brian Doyle Murray, Bill okay. Murphy, Andy mm -hmm. Murphy. Okay. Don I know Pardo. who he is. Yep. Don Pardo. Okay, yeah. Denny Dillon. Aha. Yes, that's a good one. Walter Williams. Mr. Bill, yep. And then I wasn't sure... If Avada Hudson ever got a line in Ebersole years, or if she was just sitting in the background, um, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I would give that. I would put her on the list um, because I think it, it, it's a very good possibility she had a line. I know she did under Lauren, and I know she was a featured player under Gene. I'm and wondering if she's in the, the Little Richard Simmons uh, called open or uh, sketch. Yeah, it doesn't look like her, but she's in the no. 
she's in the when Billy Crystal hosted, and Billy Crystal plays JFK in in Heaven, talking about. Yep, I remember. That place. That's not here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Eddie Murphy. You got to add Eddie Murphy to that list now. I yeah. Add Eddie Murphy. And the last question yeah. is, who is the only person while well, Don Pardo was still alive that didn't get mm -hmm. their name read in the opening credits by Don Pardo? You're going to love me for getting this. Christine Emerson. You got it. <laughs> Because Brian Dole Murray was a cast member, uh, was a featured player in season five. Uh, Tony Rosado was a cast member or a featured player in the 13th episode of season six. As was Tim Kizerinsky. As, as was Tim Kizerinsky, yeah. So, yeah, Christine Embersall. And I love Christine Embersall. Never realized she was an SNL cast member. All those times I've watched her in movies... Richie Rich, My Girl 2, blah, 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 blah. I was just like, who is this woman? And then I, I started deep diving into the uh, the Embersall era. And I love Christine Embersall. Such a great voice. Um, and obviously, Tony Award winner. Um, yeah. That, I, I apologize. That was a wasted talent because she had one season. I thought she was a, a killer, and I don't know why they got rid of her at the end of, of season uh, I seven. Yeah, I think she left. I don't. I, I don't know. I know that they uh, at the end of uh, end of season seven, they they let go Tony Rosado, uh, Christine Embersall, and Brian Doyle Murray, and brought in Brad Hall. Gary Croder, Julia Louis Dreyfus, yeah. No. So I don't, I, I, that, see. There's an ungettable get. I'm wondering if you could ever get Christine Embersall on your podcast. I've been trying. I've been trying. That's a that that such a talented woman. Um, and I'll tell you what, someone from around that same era. I love Lori Metcalf. I wish she come back to host. Such a talented TV actress. Such a talented stage actress. I don't know why she never uh, came to came back to host SNL. Of all the times that Goodman and Roseanne hosted during the run of Roseanne in the, the late 80s all the way to the 90s, she would have made a great host. She appeared in a film in 88. Yes. Lori has a story. Yes. Yes, with uh, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Um, and, and was a cast member or feature player for one episode and uh, obviously season uh, right. six, episode 13. And she did one thing, a pre-film taping on uh, on Update, and that was it. So It's better than em Emily Prager, though. Prager, though, you know, that's one of those great trivia questions. Who was actually a cast member for any period of time and never spoke on camera, you know? Well, she appeared on camera mm -hmm. in 81 and 77 mm -hmm. when she was dating uh, Tom Davis. Yeah, but right. <laughs> you just like, but <laughs> I mean, did not appear on camera, did not appear, did not do anything in the one episode where she was credited as a cast member or featured player. Yeah, Matt Matt Newman wrote a sketch that got cut for that episode. Yeah, that was what she was going to be okay. in. Interesting. This is the thing; she might be one of those voices in that Denny Dillon bag lady sketch. She might be. That's such a weird sketch. I and anytime I see Denny Dillon on anything, I, I I scratch my head because she. You know, you can compare her to like a Sherry O'Terry uh, or I don't know, even a Victoria Jackson. Just you don't know where she fits, you know. Um, but she did get to say live from New York in her very first episode, and not many people could say that. Yeah, she's not yeah. a cross between she's not a cross between Gilder and Lorraine, or whatever they were going to say. Yeah, kind yeah. of cross between Jane and Lorraine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Marcus, thank you for doing this. And you have anything to plug? Um, no, I don't have any outlets. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, if you're interested and you are not already a member of the 
uh, SNL Superfans group on Facebook. Please send us a uh, look for us, obviously, SNL Supergroup. Uh, super, I'm sorry, SNL Superfans on Facebook. And um, you have to go through the whole member request process if you want to be a member. But uh, if you are interested in doing that, join us because we have a vast community uh, that are uh, fans just like you. Uh, maybe not as much as Ian and myself, but we do love SNL and we do like to communicate with others in the community. And if I could add one more thing, go Bills. Go Lions. I see you and I raise you. Go Lions. I'm rooting for yeah. them in the NFC. So good luck. And I root for the Bills because I'm from New York and they're the only New York team. Thank you very much because guess what? The Jets and the Giants do not play in New York State. You're right. You play in New Jersey. All right. Have a good night. Ian, thank you very much. Have a good one. You too.